0: Hi, you're listening to Go See a Show, New York City's independent theater podcast. Songwriter and musician Elizabeth May has been on the podcast before when she composed music for The New Collective's production of The Trojan Women. Now, The New Collective's is producing May's new personal pop musical confessional seance, Zodiac Math and to explain just what I mean by that. I spoke with her and the show's director and producer before a recent rehearsal for the show. I'll let everyone introduce themselves, take a listen. I always like to start with everyone's name on the mic, so there is a voice with a name. Uh, We're gonna start with the creator of Zodiac Math, right in front of me. Welcome back to the podcast.
1: Hi, I'm Elizabeth May. I created Zodiac Math.
2: (laughs)
0: And you shall be performing it.
2: And I'm
3: performing in it, it's, yeah. (laughs) I'm Lindsay
2: Hope-Parlman, I'm the director.
3: And I'm G. Vernie Petit-Mermay, and I'm the producer and artistic director of The New Collectives.
0: And Zodiac Math is what? Um, Great title, Uh, but when you tell people to come and see it, what are you telling them to come and see?
1: Well, I tell them a lot of things, um, mostly because I'm kind of uh, a cheeky asshole. But, uh, (laughs) um, well, essentially it's a storytelling show with uh, original music, and they're all true stories sort of about this um, crazy family history of mine that has morphed into morphed me into the person that I am, um, but I like to consider the show itself. Sort of. Do you remember I Dream of Genie? Absolutely. Who doesn't? Well, do you know um, in the old versions of I Dream of Genie? They had like, the, all the stuff that happened outside, but the only part I ever really cared about is when you would go into Jeannie's Bottle, and you would see everything that was in there, and you'd be like, why doesn't more of the show take place in Jeannie's Bottle? So <laughs> basically, the making of the show is sort of me making my own little Jeannie's Bottle that is like, this safe space that I need to make to tell all these stories, you
0: know? That is a lovely metaphor. Oh, I like thanks. That. <laughs> Why Zodiac? Like, what, what is that component of this? Uh,
1: well, I'm an incredibly witchy person. I love all that stuff. Um, but essentially for the show, it's about fate and compatibility and uh, things that are written in the stars versus the things that we get to decide for ourselves. And... It's also a way of sort of categorizing the people that I talk about, um, naming them without actually naming them. Uh, that's not a value of mine, but it's a way of giving them a name and sort of trying on the compatibility of these people how, and how it relates to this fate that I that I had, which maybe I should tell you about the, <laughs> the <laughs> yeah. fate. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so my uh, family history is, uh, On my mother's side, there's this long line of twins being born, uh, skipping every generation for as far back as people can remember. And they're always uh, uh, twins who were one boy and one girl and all the little girl twins died in their childhood. Except for me, I'm the only female twin on that line to make it into adulthood. So uh, hearing these stories as a little girl and also like reading a lot of fairy tales, I was like, oh my God, this is my fate. You know, I'm totally gonna die. You know, I was like a very dramatic kid. (laughs) Um, But that really shaped me and it really shaped my outlook on the world. And then growing up, it's like, well, actually maybe you are gonna have to become an adult. And what does that look like? (laughs) It's
0: a hell of a place to start for a piece of theater. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> really, it is. It's it's an incredible story. Um, this is the a unique podcast in that usually I will see a show before I do an interview, but I am coming from a privileged place of having gotten to see a little bit of the workshop of mm-hmm. this, uh, thanks to the new collectives, um, kind of helping shepherd this along. Um, you have this incredible wild story and the very talented Ime, um adding in all this beautiful music, which is also super fun and poppy, and I can't wait to hear what you do with it now that you have a full band uh, that you're adding to this uh, particular performance. But talk to me a little bit about that development process, because this is such a personal story. Mm-hmm. How do you start from a place of, like, I'm going to talk about these things that are super personal to my internal genie's bottle and bring those to Lindsay Hill Perlman and bring them to the new Collectives and say like, Now we're gonna take my genie's bottle and put it on a stage. What is that process?
1: (laughs) It's a very long process. I've been working on telling this story for years in one version or another. There was a different version of this show before it even really was a show called Old Souls that I developed with uh, Lindsay Hope Pearlman. We've been working on this project together for a long time up at the Barn Arts Collective in uh, Bass Harbor, Maine. And that one focuses much more on my other family members and their present, they make up a band. They are sort of these ghost representations. And we did this whole development process and then I realized that I loved every character in that show except for me. Wow. And, <laughs> and I, I was like, I'm, I'm so nervous to write in my own voice. And so st- I started writing Zodiac Math just as a, exercise of forcing myself to get comfortable writing in my own voice and forcing myself to figure out how I was going to tell my own story. And it developed into what it is now, which I think is probably the most honest version of the story. So it's been a, a long process and a really challenging one, but I think something that Something good has grown out of. It's and been
2: really yeah. interesting for me to see you evolve as a, a composer too, because Old Souls is like really like the unplugged, like acoustic version, and now Zodiac Math is like went from this electronic music version, and now is expanding into this like electro meets rock show. Uh, so it's really exciting to hear how the different musical stylings feed different aspects of the story that you're trying to draw out mm-hmm. in the show.
0: Talk to me a little bit about your role as a director on this, because it that is a very unique place to start from. Yeah. Of, I'm going to help shepherd your vision into the world. Mm-hmm. It's not like a typical director-playwright uh, relationship, because usually the playwright's not on stage and not telling an mm-hmm. incredibly... Personal, like soul-bearing story. Right. What What is your role?
2: Well, I feel like all of the team around Zodiac Math—we're all like the midwives who are sort of <laughs> governing over the birth of this art baby, and we're just reminding her to breathe and and, <laughs> and trust her instinct. I mean, it helps that we're also very good friends, and I feel like I I know you really well. So, I actually feel like the best thing that I can do as a director is listen as closely as I can and say yes to your impulses I mean I think any writer creator needs a team around them that's just gonna provide a supportive like nurturing environment so that they can express what they're there to express so yeah I think as much as I can help Articulate your vision for what you want the show to be. That's the best thing that I can do as a director.
1: Yeah, you uh, LHP has been uh, really sort of like my my trust fall, <laughs> 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 uh, like catch person, I guess. If if that makes sense it, in this room, especially because all the stories are so personal, and um, I'm telling telling things like. Last night one of my collaborators said I I never, who I've been friends with for a really long time, uh, said I never even heard you tell that story before. And that's, you know, in this moment I feel it's really important to be as truthful as possible. There's no longer any reason to hold anything back. And the room that I've been so blessed to be able to create with the help of the new collectives and the help of all of my wonderful collaborators, has been so much about trust and so much about uh, deciding that everything is al- every mistake is already pre-forgiven, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that there is no apology necessary if you mess up. Uh, and creating that environment has been the most important part of being in the room, mm-hmm. because it that's what it requires to be so so vulnerable. Because I believe there's a lot of power in vulnerability but it is a much trickier not to untie, so you have to create a space to let that power out. Yeah,
2: there's also a very potent healing property, I think, in women specifically, speaking about experiences of uh, trauma, for lack of a better word, which is a theme that comes up in the piece, but it comes up in such a way that's like, very generous and cathartic for the audience. You know, I think a, a pitfall of, like, the solo show is when is it for the creator or the performer and when is it for the audience and what's amazing about Zodiac Math. And my experience of working on telling this story with you is how universal the story feels. Uh, and I just, I, I think it has a real potential for healing a enormous community, which is why everyone should come see it. Mm
0: -hmm. So it sounds like y'all at the New Collectives have done a pretty great thing in opening up that space. Talk to me about that.
3: Yeah, um, well, Ime developed, or I had seen an early version of it in conjunction with another show we did with Bread Arts Collective, Mm -hmm. and then we offered Ime a um, place in our development workshop last spring at IRT and it was—it's just a lovely show, and it, there's so much great stuff happening. And we really wanted Ime to have the opportunity to like do it full, because I had seen it in two pieces, and like, what was what's the whole journey of the show? And um, it was just really exciting to us. To we all saw it, and we're like, that's great, and we want to give it a space, and we want to give it a time for other people to see it, and other bigger, awesomer producers potentially to like come mm-hmm. sweep it up and make magic happen, and. Um, we'll take just, some
0: residuals back to you.
3: Exactly. <laughs> one day. No, but we're just really excited for um, it to be out in its full form and really like see for people to come see it.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and another amazing thing that the New Collectives has really helped me form is that I, idea of community. One of the things that I wanted to do uh, coming out of that idea of healing is use every bit of the space that we were able to get and open it up to a lot of other people who are making other things that rhyme spiritually with the show. So we're doing something that, we're calling the Inner Light Bazaar that's happening in the lobby of the space the hour before the show begins and there are gonna be all these amazing makers and healers and, uh, you know, witches. (laughs) And uh, cool people doing amazing things, like working with gemstones and uh, an aromatherapy artist, a a, palm, a pom-pom artist, uh, a, a healing sigil body art uh, healer, and all kinds of amazing things, and creating a community that way, because I want it to be about my voice, but I also want it to be about other people who are doing things that feel good when you have a big cathartic moment. Mm -hmm. And I have been so lucky to have the new collectives help me uh, realize that part of the vision as well, which was just like a a cherry on the beautiful cake. (laughs) Yeah,
3: it worked really well with our mission to create community, and that's part of our goal. And we take donations at the end of shows for organizations that align with themes brought up. So for this one, we're collecting for Safe Horizons um, or Safe Horizon, I think there's no S, um, which is, helps women and children in domestic abuse vi- violence to get out and mm-hmm. find safe spaces. Um, so being able to do that in conjunction with this Inner Light Bazaar has been great. It's a how do you create community when you have a cast of one? And mm-hmm. this is a way to do that and to bring people in and sort of invite people to be in the space and to be part of this little community creation which I think is so important right now. And in, mm-hmm. in the world we are currently in. Yeah. yeah.
1: And and using the, the value of the Inner Light Bazaar and the value of live theater, I think, is the power of actually being in a room physically with other people. And that's something that I still think is incredibly magical. And I'm really excited to actually get into that space with all of those people and hopefully... People want to join us and uh, feel like they can let their hair down in my genie's bottle.
2: (laughs) We're also super lucky to be in a really gorgeous new venue in Gowanus, Brooklyn called uh, Mitu 580. They just opened over the summer. It's the uh, resident space of theater Mitu, which was based in Abu Dhabi, and now they're back in Brooklyn.
3: Yeah, they've been, like, for 20 years, been a company, like, sort of floating about, and now they have a permanent space, which is super exciting for them.
2: But the venue itself is also really exciting for this particular project because as far as, like, indie DIY spaces go, it's brand new. It's very well-equipped. It looks gorgeous, so I'm just really excited to unleash our design team and the band and just go full out on the the show, so that'll be really exciting. I'm
0: glad you mentioned the band because uh, that's the one last component I want to make sure we talk about. It's it's not just a a cast of one. I mean, maybe Emay's telling the story with the words, but you have uh, some collaborators around you with some live jams, right?
1: Well, I'm very blessed to have some very talented uh, musicians. I've got uh, Shannon Sigley on the drums. She's an amazing a uh, percussionist and drummer. She's drummed with the Dreaves. She drummed with PC Worship. She went on tour with um, Parquet Quartz. Parque Quartz. Nice. And um, so she's really bringing uh, just like what I consider to be the backbone of the sound. Yeah, hey. there she is. Um, Thank you. <laughs> she's in the mix. We've got uh, Brittany Parker on the bass guitar. She's been a long-term collaborator of mine. She was in Old Souls with me. And um, She's
0: not plugged in, so she can't give us a Uh, (laughs) chord. But she's
1: very talented at any musical endeavor that she tries, and a beautiful actor and creator in her own right. And we've got Lindsay Anderson on the guitar, who is sort of like a, a spiritual sister of mine. And she also worked with me on Old Souls before we even really knew each other. We got to know each other that way, and she... Uh, can totally shred, and she's also bringing so much light and generosity because she's an amazing performer, but she's also um, an amazing meditation coach. So that's been like wow, really, <laughs> really great in this process. And so the band has been just this amazing um, bed of support and uh, just bring. It's like going from black and white into color, in my opinion. It's it's insane. And then we have an amazing projection designer Ingrid Larson who is making gorgeous things and uh, Kate McGee making beautiful uh, beautiful lights and Michael Hernandez doing a a crazy soundscape it's just incredible the people that agreed to work on this crazy show (laughs) so I'm, I'm just feeling very blessed and it's kind of like a Everyone said yes, and it was like, is this really the team that we're getting? This is amazing. (laughs) I love
0: that you say it was like going from black and white into color because I saw this in its uh, type, like workshop format, and that was pretty damn colorful to start. So I'm curious to see what the, this is going to be. Some technical well, stuff. Get going ready,
2: on here. Rob. <laughs> get ready. The
0: show is Zodiac Math. Y'all are at uh, Me Too 580 in Brooklyn. Uh, the show runs from when to when?
3: It's November first through November third, with two shows on Saturday. So it's a mm-hmm. eight o'clock Thursday, Friday. 2 o'clock on Saturday, 8 o'clock Saturday.
1: And come an hour before the show so you can experience the Inner Light Bazaar. It will be worth it. Brilliant.
0: Tickets and more information can be found at
3: TheNewCollectives.com
0: Thank you all so much. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you, Ime, Lindsay, and Jeev, for hanging out before rehearsal to chat. You can catch Zodiac Math beginning the day this podcast drops, Thursday, November 1st, 2018, through this Saturday, November 3rd, 2018, at Me 2580 580, that's 580 Sackett Street in Brooklyn. Head to thenewcollectives.com for a link to tickets and more information. Thanks to you for listening into the podcast. If you dig it, please like it on Facebook, facebook.com slash go see a show. Follow at go see a show on Twitter and rate and or comment on the show's Apple Podcasts page. My name is Robert A.K. Gagno. You can find me on the internet at robertgaino, G-O-N-Y-O dot com. Until next time, go see a show. Happy rehearsing. Yay. Yeah, thank uh, you. And happy birthday. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs>